Welcome everyone to Weekend Rental, your gaming and geek culture podcast. This is episode 59. I am Ryan, and as always, I'm joined by Andy. Hey. And Nate. What's going on, guys? Welcome. All right. As always, you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. Uh, Wherever you listen to us, if you could leave us uh, a feedback, a review, it really helps us out, gets the word out there. We appreciate it. And of course, um, whether you're into gaming, movies, comics or more you can find all of that wonderful stuff along with our podcast over at geekade.com what's your geek let's dive into the opening segment of the podcast this is byron burn if you are new to the show what we do is we all pick a game for a given system system this week is the sega genesis um, we'll all play our picks individually and then decide which ones we'd personally buy rent or burn um, so picks this go round. Andy has gone with Sonic Spinball. Nate has gone with El Viento, and I've gone with Toe Jam and Earl Panic in Funkatron and Panic on Funkatron. Uh, so let's go back up to the top. We're going to talk about Sonic Spinball first. We'll read a description. Uh, this seems like a very familiar description to me. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because I've read it recently or something. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog spins into a pinball pandemonium. Dr. Robotnik's latest robotic creation factory is the Vegematic Fortress, a volcanic island fueled by the Chaos Emeralds and protected by the pinball defense system. Strap on your powerful sneakers for all new Sonic moves. Yeah, so uh, I didn't realize that Dr. Robotnik had the Chaos Emeralds. Like, this is what he was planning to do all along, was to make a pinball island from the first one. It's a pretty lame idea, but uh, yeah, Sonic... He is a, he's, he, he becomes a pinball because he can roll into a ball. So you make a game. That's kind of what you do. Um, but <laughs> it's not a very good pinball game because they also do a little bit of platforming in it, which I kind of like the exploration part of it. But once you add, once you put the pinball in the, uh, platforming physics it just kind of ruins the whole game doesn't feel very good as a pinball game at all i feel like there was missed opportunity here too with the fact that you called out that he is a ball so why didn't we ever see like sonic as a soccer ball or in sonic tennis why is he not like sega all-star tennis he should be the ball he shouldn't be a player bowling That's... they really screwed the pooch with sonic <laughs> I mean, maybe I haven't played the latest uh, Sonic and Mario at the Olympic Games. Maybe he's, maybe it's Mario using Sonic as the, as the bowling ball. Yeah. Watch that middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think this was the first instance that I could remember as a kid of like a mascot pinball crossover game. Um, at least. I, I couldn't think of one prior to this. I mean, there obviously there's been a ton since I just remember always thinking it was a little bit off in, as far as like the presentation of Sonic, I think the, the character design's not quite there. The level designs <clears throat> may be okay for a pinball table, but out of place for the Sonic world for the most part. And like you said, like the bits of platforming sprinkled in with the pinball kind of just ends up being two play mechanics that just don't quite meld in a, a very meaningful way. Um, and it's not bad. It's just kind of like 
there's not a lot going on beyond the little pockets of things you have. So you find yourself just kind of like repeating the play field, um, not really having too much fun with it. At least in my experience, it's, it's, it's just not something that there's nothing there that pulls me back in. You know, there's no redeeming quality to say like, Oh, I'm going to pick back up Sonic Spinball. It's just kind of like the, it's an experience you get, you play through once. You're like, all right, they did that. And I don't, think there's much beyond it at least to me yeah i didn't really catch much of the platforming i mean to me it came across as very minimal just getting to an edge and you'd stand there and then jump but i i guess i didn't go through a ton of sequences that that had a lot of platforming so um it, it doesn't play well if if you're making a pinball game it has to play as close to pinball as you can so that's um, no delay with the flippers or, or, or anything like that. But this one definitely has just a very loose, loose playing, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you hit the ball and it just, it's very delayed. It just doesn't play well. And, uh, yeah, I thought, I agree. Like Sonic looked off. There wasn't something like they changed the, the artist of some sort. It <laughs> just didn't look. It looked like a knockoff Sonic game, for sure. Yeah, right. well, especially the the first stage too. You know, Sonic is known for bright, colorful, easy, and fast first stage, and this is like grungy and kind of hard. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 not great. I, I would say maybe not platforming. Maybe isn't the right word. It's probably more exploration than anything. There's yeah, a few spots for. Well, and when I was thinking platforming, I meant more of like, they still give you the platforming controls of Sonic as far as yeah. like air control, the ability sure. to walk and jump, but it's just like so neutered that yeah. it doesn't change the way the game plays out. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's the first time we've ever heard ner- neutered on the podcast. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not the first time we've heard penis on the podcast, though, right? <laughs> that's right. On the I feel like you're Bob Barker. <laughs> Rem- remember, folks, get your Sonic neutered. <laughs> after oh, this man. game he probably should have been. yeah he was he was neutered a long time ago i think uh i think the dream of this game came to fruition with uh yoku's island express on playstation 4 if you guys have not played that you should check it out if you can but it's, it's little platforming bits a little bit of metroidvania and then there's like some pinball in there too interesting mm-hmm all right, let's move on. We've talked about Sonic Spinball to El Viento, which uh, in Spanish means the whale's vagina. Uh, fun fact. Uh, description <laughs> on this one. The year is 1928. In a distant galaxy, a monstrous entity watches and waits. Uh, though his purposes are beyond our, the understanding of mankind, uh, the mighty Hastur lives only to destroy with the power to easily obliterate an entire planet. On Earth, he's worship, worshipped as a god by a bizarre cult. Uh, whose evil purpose is simple to summon him to earth so that civilization may be wiped out and a new order begun. Um, yeah, that's kind of the gist. That's yeah, that's good. I think the title really throws this game off. El Viento using a Spanish title. There, there's nothing Spanish about it. It's very anime driven, which is, it just throws the whole thing off. Uh, and you could read that, whole description but you don't really need to 
because you could just sit on the the start menu and it will play the whole story for you, which is stinking awesome, by the way. That uh, the animation that they do with that, the cutscenes, um, and they really lay the story out. That gets a person pretty excited to play the game, and then once you hit start, it's not that at all. Um, I guess it would be considered a beat 'em up slash platformer and they couldn't really decide which one they wanted to go with i would say it's more beat em up in a way but uh um i feel like it has all the elements you know music and look just to be a really great game but it just doesn't play well you're you're inundated with with endless enemies just running at you all the time it's a never-ending thing and uh there really isn't a rhyme or reason to it and so that makes it just very frustrating and it's definitely a game that you're going to have to grind out for a while i mean you would think that there's no enemies and all of a sudden this motorcycle comes out of nowhere that gives you no reaction time and you don't know if you're doing damage on the motorcycle or if the motorcycle is doing damage on you so extremely frustrating you don't even know if you connect really because the animation when you connect is not significant i didn't even think about that that is frustrating there's usually at least five enemies on the screen at all times, it seems like, too. There's just no, like, real smart design as far as enemy placement or anything. Nope. They're like, how many sprites can the Genesis handle? That many? All of them! <laughs> Barely, because when we explode this thing, it's going to go down yes. to, like, three frames a second. Those are some sweet Genesis exploding physics, though. Like, yeah. shrapnel everywhere, guys in the middle. Of the- like how the enemies are unscathed, though. Like, you can blow a car up on their face, like the dude's just walking through with the knife at you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the guy behind the pillar. Like, he's, uh... He's waiting for you to pass by so you can he can pop up behind the pillar and shoot you, but you can see him. And that completely like, you know, messes you up, because you're equipped with a boomerang, and... I guess a fireball, a a Hudukin, and uh, and yeah, this guy is totally visible. Probably three quarters of him is sticking out from a tree or a pole or whatever. And you spend, I I spent a couple minutes like trying. Is this like a pixel perfect hit? I'm not sure. And I just kept on throwing (laughs) it and throwing it and throwing it. Nothing happened. I was like, well, maybe he's not supposed to be there. And as soon as you pass him, all of a sudden he pops out like, ha. You didn't see me. <laughs> Here we go. Oh man, that that part was extremely dumb. Yeah, I just love the fact that this game is a Jap- made by a Japanese team with anime stuff in it. It's based in New York. Uh, it's published by a European company, I believe, and mm-hmm. it has a Spanish title. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a weird game for that demographic. They're they're (laughs) like, we need to get uh, the southern southern states up here a little bit. It feels almost like they try to like capitalize on like Strider or something, but it's just do the endless onslaught of like it's one of those games where like the onslaught of just constant enemies flying on screen at a never ending pace Mm. and the ability to because of their speed to not have time to react and you're always going to take damage. It's just it's not a well designed game. Um, and even, even the color palette's like, okay for like the cityscape, but even visually, at least from the opening section is there's nothing kind of to wow you. It gets a little bit better once you get past that first screen and the cars start coming in, there's more color stuff. There's there, a lot of but, brown tones, a lot of just like tan and yeah. brown. 
they got your character is kind of that yeah (laughs) and that boss where there's like it's a tank in a house or a a room and you're like stuck in this room with a tank just with barrel pointing right at you like what are you supposed to do (laughs) that's normal you know (laughs) tanks and houses yeah there there's potential there's potential for a really good game in there it's just kind of sort of like a thrown together game it almost feels like with the spanish name <laughs> uh let's talk about my pick last one here toe jam and earl panic on funkatron uh toe jam and earl the dynamic duo of funk have returned home after much interplanetary partying but all is not well pesky earthlings hitched a ride on their Ratmaster rocket ship and are now causing havoc all over the once peaceful, peaceful planet of funkatron and toe jam and earl are to blame uh, so this is the second game in the Toe Jam Mineral franchise. Uh, most people love and are familiar with the first Toe Jam Mineral, and this one kind of gets a bad rap. Uh, my first experience with it was I was aware of Toe Jam Mineral. I was never a Genesis kid, um, so when I actually started collecting way back in the day, I think I found this at a thrift store at college, like my first year, freshman year of college. Um, I knew of I knew of Toe Jam Mineral, so I grabbed this game and I put it in, and like it it appealed to me. Like it's got that. 90s nostalgia it's got colorful graphics um a lot of just style and some interesting play mechanics it's not truly a 2d side-scrolling platformer which deviates from the original game which was not that um but it's sort of like a 2d scavenger hunt where you're going through and you're trying to find prizes spook out earthlings capture them all and send them back home um so, you know, if you walk into it with no prior knowledge of what this franchise was before, I think you're going to find that this game is far less disappointing than others might have you believe. Um, and that's kind of the experience I had with it first off. So I, I still think it's enjoyable from that perspective today. But Yeah, it's um, I've never really played a, a Toe Jam and Earl game except for this one. So I know they're they're very, very good different uh as far as layout goes and uh but this is the only like toe jam and earl layout that i i know and so i think it plays well and um i'm not always a big fan of the search everything out find something you got to kind of explore around i kind of get annoyed with that sometimes especially in the the, just the older consoles i don't i just don't get super excited about that because i don't know exactly where to go or exactly what i'm looking for and of course when i jump into play i don't want to read the tutorials or all the little stop points i just want to just plow right through it so um yeah it it is very quintessential 90s for sure it looks like saved by the bell (laughs) like the 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 spirals and triangles and uh yeah oh my gosh but it has the music of it's Saved by the Bell meets um, Sonic Spinball, as far as the music goes. Hey, have, don't bring the music down that far. <laughs> they on. they have the same same track, and sometimes I think I don't know. Less is more. There, there's just a lot going on in that game, and a lot to take in. Yes, it's colorful and bright and looks good, but there's just a lot, a lot of it. Yeah, I'd kind of agree. I I was definitely in the camp of being disappointed back in the day when I rented this uh, because it wasn't like the first one. But uh, now replaying it, I think there's a lot of merit to it itself. 
as long as you disconnect that it's no it's just not it's not a roguelike you know it's a different game altogether um but yeah it, it, what i really love about this game is the amount of flair and like character in this game like they really put a lot of character in both of the both characters um i don't know, know if you guys played the two player like both of them together uh, a little bit and then i kind of decided i wanted to go solo yeah so like if you push on one side of the screen uh earl will push back on the other side you know there's just so much like stuff that they have in there that they didn't have to program in there but it 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 adds just a ton to the game you know uh but yeah overall i I think the uh the scanner is cool where uh it's kind of like a vision of seeing hidden things which is kind of unnecessary it's like that kind of defeats the purpose of the game i thought but right yeah because you could just just, search everything anyway and then yeah you don't have to scan yeah, I wonder but, if it's always, do you suppose that's always programmed to the start menu or do you think if you have a six button controller and it remaps that, that maybe, maybe that's true. Yeah. Cause that'd be way more convenient. Yeah. than having to go in there every time. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It, it's got a lot of, got a lot of, uh, I don't know. Character. I can't funk? think of another word for it. Yeah. Tell there you go. A lot of pizzazz. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think that's probably <clears throat> the most charming and memorable piece to it because it's certainly not the gameplay. I mean, although it's adequate, it's pretty forgettable. It is cool though too. Like I love games where you can fall into a pit. Like the first time you fall into water in this game, you're like, ah, fuck, I'm dead. But then it's just it's just got the, like this absurdly long load time to go to the underwater. <laughs> right, I was like, yeah. oh, I'm not dead. This is a whole new thing. Yeah. Like so, I always like that. Like Clash of Demon Head and stuff too, where it's like the common platforming pitfall turns into another area to explore so that's cool yeah and with the remake or the yeah what was it on this was it on the switch or i can't even remember what um it, was. it came out on a few platforms not too long ago stuff yeah. yeah it started uh i feel like you hear about it more and uh people praising it and going nuts over it um yeah i think there's a bandwagon a little bit uh, just with the Toe Jam and Earl series, I guess. Yeah. All right. What do you guys think? Let's let's go through our votes. Andy, start with you. I think my buy is going to be El Viento. Uh, I think there's a lot to that game. The only thing that drags it down is the enemy placement. And I think if you put enough time into it, that would get less annoying over time. Um, the more you, uh, are aware of, you know, which ones are going to pop out, but, uh, yeah, as, as you kind of continue exploring that, I think there's some extra mechanics there that could probably be a lot more fun. It reminded me a lot of Shinobi, obviously not as quite as good, but, uh, when you're comparing it to that, uh, it's probably going to be halfway there already. So that's going to be my buy. Uh, my rent is going to be Tojam and Earl. I totally thought this whole Byron burn would probably be opposite of what I'm going to say going into this, but uh, ToeJam and Earl kind of surprised me, so uh, that's going to be my rent, just because I, I enjoyed kind of the the amount of graphics that they had in there, for sure. Um, and then my, my burn is going to be one of my childhood favorites, 
is uh, Sonic Spinball. And I'm not sure why I liked it so much. Maybe I had a Sonic craze that just let me get over the hump of some bad gameplay. But yeah, it does not feel good. I, I like the idea of, again, of exploring in a pinball board, kind of. But uh, this there's not enough of that for it to save this game at all. I wanted to insert that <clears throat> Reggie fils clip right there when he said that. This game is not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nate, how about you? Yeah, my buy is definitely going to be El Viento, the wind in Spanish. Um, that is not what that means. We've already established that. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> your El Spanish right. show is not as poor for four as mine. <laughs> mm, mm, grazie. Grazie. El Gato. Um, El Gato. <laughs> Tango El Gato Los Panelones. Is that like I have cat and pants or something like that? I don't know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I don't know where we're going with this. Uh, no, El Viento. Good. El Viento for sure is going to be my buy. I feel like that's a game that if you're willing to put the time in and, and grind that game out, there's definitely some rewards, I think. I think there's enough there to to make it buy-worthy. Um, my rent is going to be Toe Jam and Earl because it's not Sonic Spinball. <laughs> and Sonic Spinball is not good. I never want to play that game again. Ryan, what about you? I'm burning Sonic Spinball. Yeah, you would. For established reasons. Um, I'm going to buy Toe Jam and Earl Panic and Funkatron because I think of everything we played here, it is the most fully no. fledged and realized game. And you're just buying it because. I didn't pick it. I do genuinely think with my rent, Elviento, that you guys are like kind of on crack. I don't know. I don't know what you guys see on this in this game to like redeem it enough to buy it. Like I just I don't see bits of quality there. I see sprinkles of shit. This is, is more how Ooh. I look at that. So mm. I just see animosity towards your picks. P- bring a good game. Bring a good game. I, I I've been bringing good games this whole time. It's not good. Deep blue. I, I just oh. think <laughs> oh. I think Toe Jam is a good 20 minutes like a very good 20 minutes and then after that it's a, even I so like a, fa- a fantastic 20 minutes is better than like 5 minutes of this sucks which is mm, about all what, I'm going to give Elvian to that's, <laughs> that's what your lady says I don't care I mean I still get mine out of that so <laughs> <laughs> remind me not to have my wife listen to this episode <laughs> All right, guys, another Byron burn in the book. Moving on from Byron Burn, let's get into the heart of the podcast here, uh, where we talk about whatever is on our mind, what we're playing, what's happening in gaming news. I uh, don't know what the hell's going on. I feel like things happened since the last podcast, but I haven't really been paying attention. Um, Blizzard hates America. Um, Fallout 76 wants $100, and people are upset about that, uh, which just, I'm not going to talk about that, but if you do the math on private server, 
that seven people can play on and it's $99 over the course of a year and you split that between, I don't know, five people and only one person needs that subscription, that's not bad, people. Is it gross that they're asking that? Sure. But it's not that bad for an online game and a private I, server. I think so. it's anything to do with that game. Like if, Oh, for sure. Given that it was a hunk of shit, they probably should have yeah. just given that to people. Yeah. It's but, the least that they could do. We put out garbage, <laughs> but we need $100 now a year from you. <laughs> so that was like the newest news, but I can't even remember what's been happening beyond that. I guess Call of Duty came out today. Yeah. Mm. I did. I had no idea. Was anyone paying attention to that? Yes, I, I was. Nobody in the media. Nobody in the media was talking about it. I was, at least that but I, was I did not of. buy it. But it looks really good. I've literally never heard you utter the words "Call of Duty" in my life, Nate. Um, because I I've only played one. I've only played one Call of Duty, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Which one? The Call of Duty one. <laughs> Hashtag fake gamer. There, there's, there's the one where <laughs> they're all the Call of Duty one. It's man. the it's, one that you're crawling. Yeah. This is gonna sound stupid, but you're crawling through a field, and there's tanks and people walking, and you kind of have to. What? Which one is that? Modern Warfare. Boy, that's gonna. Two? Yeah, that, no, that's gonna narrow it down. Tanks and people in a war game. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, that was Call of Duty three. Yeah, yeah, it's modern. It was Modern Warfare. Was was the one. Okay. And so, uh, well, the, then you played it because this is modern warfare too, as well. Now, yeah, why did they just call it modern warfare? I'm curious on that. What else do you name them at this point, right? I'm just really confused <laughs> now. But Call of Duty, who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's the name. I don't even know what their big thing is this year. Like last year was the battle royale thing. I don't know. Right. I don't know if that made a return or not. Do they still have zombies? Because zombies turned into an annual thing instead of every other year yeah. thing. I know uh, Justin texts me about it because he wants me to get it. And he, exp- I'm like, I hadn't heard anything about this game coming out. And he's like, it's been hyped all over the place, which I don't know. I guess we're <laughs> running in different circles. It's, I'm, I'm sure people are, but he said they brought back um, <clears throat> the like survival, like wave mode that was in Modern Warfare 3, I think it was. Hmm. Where you, it was like you against like onslaughts and waves of like juggernauts and dogs and shit. And then Spec Ops also came back, which was kind of like the oh, offline. Sure. Well, it wasn't offline. I think you could do it online, but it was like out of story mode, like individual missions. Yeah. Which was also all right. Yeah, those were fun. So. I just feel like th- this is going to be the least impactful Call of Duty to date. I just, I mean. Oh, that's what we, the, the thing that made everybody forget about Call of Duty. Fortnite went away and came back. Get sucked into a black hole and crapped back out the other side. Yep. New map. New map. Bots. Apparently it's quite good. You can carry bodies now. Really? And you can huck them. So you can grab a downed opponent and huck them into the storm if you want, which is kind of cool. I don't play Fortnite, but people like it. I just like to know about it so I seem cool to other people. That's what I'm doing right here. That's exactly what I was trying. That's why we're talking about Call of Duty. (laughs) I, I I put myself out there to talk about a modern game. Oh, I'm sorry, a modern did, I, game. did I cut you down on... I didn't mean to cut you down, man. I feel bad. It's man. fine. It's fine. No, no, you know what? Let's bring this back. Tell us about. Tell us all about your NBA 2K14. <laughs> let's talk about modern games. Let's get, let's get into that. Not interesting. How much did you pay for that again? I didn't pay anything. <laughs> it was for free. See? Now you're doing it. 
for free. Will I play it? Probably not. Although I have been playing the show 19, which is, I know, like, I don't know why I, it was on PSN and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll download it because I want to play something. And I kind of got hooked on like creating your own player and, and I chose to be a pitcher because you're going to play the most out of the whole game. So yeah. that's what I did. And I have actually enjoyed it. Never played one before. So modern games, I'm just embracing it all, guys. Sorry, I just woke back up over time. <laughs> no, that's it's fun. I got I, I got that as well and was playing through it. And then I kind of started into like the card thing cards yeah well like you get like the you make your own team and you get cards and you can get like old baseball players and new ones and good ones and bad ones and of course you know you buy packs and with real money and it's like okay I, yeah. i'm out of here now <laughs> all those things yeah. i haven't explored <clears throat> any of that so i've just been mindlessly pitching just for fun <laughs> I. uh have not been updated playing Mar- that. <laughs> no, update on my Mario Kart Tour thing. So I got really into that, as we talked about in the last podcast, and I actually like blew through my entire data plan on my phone because <laughs> I played it sh- while shooting a lot. I poop a lot. That's probably not helpful. Uh, so that happened, and then, um, yeah, that sucked. But I did win the next series. I got number one again, and I had like this three-day battle with this chamois guy. Me and him were going head-to-head with top scores in my bracket. <clears throat> and I'd like first he won up me by like five. I'm like, ha ha. I beat him by like 300 points. And he came back like 700 over me and I crushed him with like a thousand. It was, it was good. Times. I think that game's rigged actually. Um, so my son was like, Hey, can I play this? And he got first place his first time playing it. I yeah. got for first place. The first time I played it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there is Are you a on real 50 CC though. Yes. Yeah, go to 150 and that changes. Really? Yeah. I figured I'm playing against like a whole bunch of four-year-olds or something. Well, probably, but I, I also, because I remember how I kept saying I never lost a race. Yeah. Well, I had never left 50cc and I still haven't lost a race on 50cc. And I think you're right. I think they do use bots. Uh, but once you get to 150, like shit gets real. Like it's, it's so much more the random like lottery of what you get for inventory items and like at the right time that will determine if you win. I mean, you need to race good too, but like you're your power-ups make a huge difference. Yeah, cool. I'm I'm fine with just crushing it in 50cc. It makes me feel oh, yeah, really sure. good about myself because um, I, I typically lose most video games. So this is a time where I can just be on top and I'm killing it. Nice. Yeah, so you're liking it now that you've played a little bit? Yeah, it's not bad. I, I don't know if I should admit this, but I kind of sometimes sit at my desk and, you know, Watch that data plan. Just, just, no, I'm on the Wi-Fi. You're on the Wi-Fi. I'm right. on the Wi-Fi. Smart man. So smart man. Yeah. Maybe I'll come over and have my lunches with you. You can set up like a local please, hotspot. Please do. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Let's do it. I every time I play it, I've had the same experience where I'm trying to figure out if you're actually racing against real people or not. Or they did have a news story break saying that like there were fake people that appeared to be online players. Oh, really? Okay. Nintendo has in some of the races, yeah. Okay. 
But I mean, it doesn't make me like it anymore. What does that say about our confidence in gaming if we're like, we're not this good to get first place? (laughs) Like, um. Well, I think it's all about that, like, ego, like, risk reward, like, you know, that fuzzy feeling you get from winning. Because, like, why did Fortnite do it? Because it's not fun when your newcomers come in and get stomped. Mm. But hey, if you can see that this guy's stats are bad and fill him with a bunch of dum dums to shoot, you feel a little bit better and you keep coming back. You know what I mean? Especially, yes. Especially free to play, you make them look like you're dominant right yeah. away, and then as you you slowly lose your dominance, you're like, well, now I gotta pay to stay on top. Yep. Apex Legends, come on, it could have been somebody. <laughs> Dude, we should fire that back up. I really want to play that new map. All right, yeah, let's it looks just shut good. the podcast off. I'm over it. Yeah, did you ever download that? No, Andy? I haven't. But it, mm. I, I watched a few matches on it. it looks, it's fun. Good. I mean, I only got two kills. Or three kills max for as long as I've been playing it. <clears throat> yeah. That's where I wish that had a solo mode because that's the game where like I always feel like I'm weighing other people down. And usually like people just run off if you get paired up. Is that why you play people. with me? <clears throat> what do you mean? Because you feel like you're weighing everyone down and then you're like, oh, let's just invite Nate. So oh, I feel yeah, better well, about well, with myself. You, it's like we both suck. But then we were asking Justin to play with us. Then he was having to try and carry both of us, and I felt really bad about it. And then so. he's out. He's like, "All right, this is my my last match. Uh, see you guys." And With then you he guys, logs out and then <laughs> jumps right back in. Right. Yeah, Justin. Poor Justin's got to carry her weight. Yeah, there's like a zombie one now too, right? Like you. Yeah. Apparently, they did the same thing that Titanfall Two multiplayer did, where it's like you kill people, they turn to zombies, and the last ten survivors have to find. Uh, a safe path to the evac, which I don't know if you guys either played Titanfall 2 online much, no. but that's how the multiplayer ended was the match ends. You either win or lose, but then you still have to get your character to the evac okay. thing, which is like this cool last scramble. Um, so yeah, they just kind of took those mechanics, but it seems like it'd be fun. And that, I think that I think is solo that mode. Yeah. I know they made a solo normal one too, but I don't know if they shut that down already or not. Okay. I just wish they would throw that in as an option. I mean, I, I could get maybe you don't want to come off squads of three, but just throw a solo in. What's that going to matter? Mm-hmm. Limit the characters if the character balancing is a problem. Like, only let people take one or two. I mean, who cares? Yep. Have you played Outer Worlds? Because I feel like that's the game that you should be talking about this week. I know. It hasn't out on... <clears throat> last time I checked, it's not on Game Pass yet. And I'm waiting for it. No, to, but they were quick to announce it. Yeah. Though. So it will be on there whenever that happens. And then I'll definitely be on there. That's why I was like, so amazed that for or fallout was like, yeah, we have a paid option now. And it's like, you're do you said this like right when the, the makers of fallout new Vegas are launching yeah. their game. Like you're going to lose a lot of your guys over to that game already. You don't need to say, well, now we're adding a paid thing, but yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that game because it sounds like it's New Vegas all over again, and I love it. Well, and everything I've heard is like, is that like it's a shorter game? Like, sure, you can knock it out in like 20 hours, oh, but like the content end to end is like there's no bullshit. Like, it's all just like really good, meaningful interactions. You know, obviously, it's a game you could draw out if you wanted to and spend way more time in, but that's kind of cool to get a game like that that isn't going to require you to throw 100 hours into yeah. it. That's where, like, Fallout I, 4, I, I didn't like Fallout 4 because it was just too big, too much going on, yeah, too many systems. 
Is um speaking of Game Pass, is Killer Queen Black on there yet? No, not yet. Okay. Have you got I know that you have it on Switch yet? That came out digitally last week and it came well it came out physic came out digitally last week and it came out physically today. So I've been meaning to go buy it on Switch. I heard there's some issues with local co op like controls and stuff, but I still plan to pick it up. I've always wanted to play that game. Like anytime you go to a barcade, it's there. It's just intimidating because there's so many spots for players and some massive game. I definitely want to wish for context. Anytime you go to a barcade with like, there's 30 of these machines in the whole country. So maybe not (laughs) any barcade. Well, well, I mean, it's extremely intimidating though to, I mean, especially when you don't know, how to play but you need so many players and people are like oh jump in it is that like gamer confidence you're like i don't want to bring you guys down i'll just watch was that you and me the one night we were at pixeled and like some guy invited us to come over and play and then when we lost he just yelled suck it nerds no that was not (laughs) me (laughs) yeah it was like it was really weird the guy was like super nice and like yeah we got the money like come play come play and then we lost and he's like suck it nerds am i (laughs) thanks i guess so you did no i just walked away with my head (laughs) down in defeat oh okay and then i went back i i remember going there and a guy invited us to play but i i never did no i apparently monday night it's like free play i go there to play the games yes Mm -hmm. i just it's just the darius burst cabinet as far as i'm concerned like (laughs) So good. Great game. I want one. Have you played well, the one on the uh, Sega? On the Mini? No, Is that one I good? I haven't played it yet. Okay. I still have only used the controllers for that thing. Yeah. So have I. My Mini is like uh, somewhere in a box back there. But uh, My Mini's in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. <laughs> We just made everyone uncomfortable, right? Everyone knows that they got into with this thing. Come on. Oh, yeah. My minis. Yeah. No, I had every intention of hooking it up and playing it. And I just, I mean, Nate, I can understand why he hasn't with his game room rearrangement, but I just have not, I have not had time to play games at all. Just been unbelievable. It's this time of year or two, you get like fall weather, everyone gets cold, you're feeling like crap. I've been going to bed at like nine o'clock lately. It's (laughs) unbelievable. Yep. Is there something that you want to play though? That you're like, I just, I want to get to this, want to get to this, but you just haven't. I have this massive VR backlog because I've been buying VR games as I found physically, as I found them on clearance, which I found quite a few in the past, like three months, Been buying them in flash sales. So I, I'm like 15 VR games deep that I just cannot muster the energy or willpower to like pull that thing out. Everything in. Look it on. Yeah. I'm just like, I could do all that or I could just go to sleep and then, then, then I go to bed. <laughs> one, it's of like the, nine. one of the quest commercial uh, Oculus. Is it quest yes, or Oculus? Yeah. yeah. One of the commercials, uh, it was on TV and Amber, my wife, she's like, she get that. Yes. There's no wires or anything. Right. And, and she's like, that, that looks easier. And I'm like, yeah, I think it, yep. I think it might be. And now with the Rift Link, like there's no reason not to get it if you have a yeah. PC that can run that because it'll run every game the Rift will. <clears throat> like it's incredible. How's the 
the resolution compared to the PlayStation, though? Isn't the PlayStation a little bit better? Oh, God, I gotta imagine they're probably about on par. I mean, it's not like the resolution pro- of the PS4 yeah, they're is good. Similar. Like the PSVR is like pretty minimum. Mm-hmm. I think you'd find it to be pretty good. I mean, I can't say for sure. I've never used it, but I, I can't imagine it's worse. It's just a Beat Saber machine, anyways. Really, that's what VR is. Yeah, I agree. They're still adding new free songs to that. Really? Every time you boot it up, there's some new tracks. Yeah. Nice. I would love to get back into that, but again, laziness. Yeah. The difficulty curve has definitely changed too. Like the new ones are incredibly hard. Like I can't hardly beat them on normal. It's nuts. There, there was a game on Game Pass that just showed up. Was a uh, a mountain biking game where uh, you take different sections down a mountain. It's really like flat colored, minimal polygon type thing. And uh, I probably played a half hour of it. Thought it was kind of fun. There's different paths. You know, some of them are more dangerous, more risk reward type thing. And I don't mind that kind of stuff. I feel like that's kind of like a genre that gets overlooked too often is just like all the kind of like off brand racing games. In fact, somebody commented on our YouTube channel on that 989 thing about how much they love jet moto. <clears throat> and it just kind of gets you thinking, it's like, why, why has stuff like that dropped off? Like why wasn't, why isn't there a spiritual successor? There's no like oddball racing games anymore. True. I mean, maybe there's not a market for it. There's no arcades to port from, but it seems like there's got to be something in between Forza and like, I guess, well, what was that one that flopped last year? Like Onrush. Onrush. That's yeah, that's it's, it's kind of racing. It's just the game modes are yeah different. But yeah, that's cool. Is that just Play- like an indie game? This isn't like yeah, physical it's, it's, release? Yeah, it's very much indie game and like okay. you're racing against the clock and how many crashes and that type of thing more than actual racing. That's cool though. Yeah. Something easy to throw in and play. But yeah, that is kind of crazy. Like even Wipeout, they don't really make that anymore. No. Or, you know, any futurist F-Zero is long gone. Yep. Yeah, other than kart racers, mm-hmm. we still get the Sega and the Mario Karts, but I don't know, honestly, what Nintendo is going to do after Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, because I don't know that you can make a better Mario Kart game than Mario Kart 8. Like, I even feel like the base Mario Kart 8 was phenomenal. So, like, where yeah. do you, like, do you need to make a Mario Kart 9 at all for the Switch, or can you just continue to sell that thing for the next three, four years? I don't know. Do you make Super Smash Kart? Because they were starting to get that way at the end. Yeah, maybe they'll do some more character packs or something. Yeah. I think we should talk a little bit about uh, a game that nobody cares about. But it's just it's just funny how they released it. It's the WWE 2K20. <laughs> Have you been uh, following that on Twitter and social media and just how broken this game is and the issues that they're having and uh this this horrible game if that's what you want to even call it i mean some of the graphics that they're showing it looks like it's from the nintendo 64 like just very like not smooth edges or anything like that but finally 2k um says that uh they've 
they've acknowledged that there are uh, some problems with the game, which is just <laughs> hilarious because the whole thing is a problem. Now, I don't get, I don't play the games. I, I've never played them, um, but I just find it interesting some of these game developers and the pressure that they're under just like trying to get a game out by a certain deadline, especially like these sports games that they're coming out every single year in a way. And they're trying to make something new and fresh and they're just throwing trash out and then hoping that they can patch it later, which is really interesting. There was some word out of the dev that they brought on to do this. And they basically said like, we had a bunch of ideas and we could make a better game. We just weren't allowed to. So it's just all about that license and they don't give a shit because they know that they can put out <clears throat> hot trash and X amount of people will buy it. So why spend more money on making something that functions? Yeah. Which is sad. From my, my take, like the, the previous developer barely worked on it this year and it's probably like the scraps of whatever's left of the NBA team that's doing this. And it's like, yeah, they, they know that you know, 70% of WWE fans that buy these are going to buy it no matter what the game is like. So why not just do right. it? Yep. It's pretty bad when hashtag fix WWE 2K20 is trending on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good promotion for your product. The glitches are amazing, though. Oh, yeah. Like people will do a body slam and then they're underneath the, the whole <laughs> ring and you can't get out. You're like stuck in this like black box uh, from my understanding. It's, it's pretty, pretty hilarious, but I think it's just great that they're like, we're listening very closely to feedback. Okay. Well, there's plenty <laughs> of it. So you guys better get to work, but they're going to be patching something in a couple of weeks, which I don't know if that's going to fix anything or not, which is kind of interesting. I don't see them actually putting the resources into fully fix any of it. <clears throat> yeah. What's it'll the point? just like, yeah, it'll just, be knocked down to 20 bucks for black friday and that'll be it so 20 bucks is still way too much money <laughs> not if you're a hardcore wcw fan mm-hmm. you need it i'd yeah. pay what i well i wouldn't even pay what i got my nba 2k for <laughs> free i think all those people that are like super hardcore into wrestling and like good wrestling games have all been like on the fire pro bandwagon like the yeah. last couple of years so or nintendo 64 <laughs> yeah they're still with it yep that's the only one I've ever played was like Mayhem or something like that on 64. Mm-hmm. And we would just do a battle royale and have as many, like 50 people all in one, one ring, which was really fun. Yeah. I just, I mean, glitches are one thing, but like the likenesses of some of the people that they have in there and like the textures and stuff, it just, it's amazing that they didn't do anything. Like there's, the lowest amount of effort in some of that stuff. And it's so inconsistent. So yeah. they showed like some side by sides where there are people that look really good. And then you get someone that's probably more popular than that person. And they look like garbage. They look like they were made in the Sims pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. Uh, the last of us two is being pushed back some more. Ghost of Tsushima, too. It's pushed back to late 2020, which that'll probably be. I think the real news here is that we're like 
a week away from being able to like really know what Death Stranding is, <laughs> yeah. which I think is far more exciting than anything we can possibly talk about right now. <laughs> yeah, I think I might have to get that game. Unless it unless the reviews come out like so so negatively. But yeah, it could go either way. I think there I don't think there's going to be a lot of middle ground on this one. I think it's going to be pretty polarizing. Either people yeah. love it for how fucked up it is or it's just going to get destroyed. Is my guess. Yeah. Sometimes those are must play games though, then. Oh, for sure. I mean, there was also, I guess we're late to it now because of when, how we record like timing wise, we kind of missed it, but, um, and maybe it was available the last time we talked, but we didn't touch on it. Is that PlayStation now got slashed to just, or did we talk about this? Nine ninety nine. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if we did, but yeah, that's, it's not a bad price. It's a hundred bucks <laughs> a year, I think too. Yeah. A hundred dollars a year. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. Or maybe it was 60. I don't even remember. It, it was cheap. They significantly uh, cut the price on it, I think, because Game Pass is obviously eating its lunch. Yeah. And it will continue to. But at least they've got something that's like plausibly comparable now in price. So Yeah. I just don't think they have the marketing and they haven't put themselves out there as much as game pass has. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's the only thing that, um, Xbox can market. Cause like, it's kind of their one strength right now. Yeah. Certainly not their console install base. <laughs> no, it's funny how, like how much stadia has kind of like put a damper on people. Like people are just kind of like, what is this thing? And, Oh, you have to buy the games and that almost the other two companies are barely talking about streaming at all. Even like PlayStation's giving out huge like amounts of information about their next console. I don't think they mentioned streaming at all. Yeah. I'm so eager for next year and just like the media fervor that's going to take place with a new console launch. Yep. It's going to be fun to just kind of sit back and take that all in. So we don't have a whole lot of news to talk about. What do you guys want to talk about uh, the current state of retro collecting and all of the people leaving <laughs> collecting and me contemplating drastically scaling down my entire collection? Don't do it. It just raises my blood pressure and gets me all nervous. <sighs> You're collecting for a reason. You're not collecting for a financial. I collected for a reason. And now now you're over it. I, I achieved everything I set out to do. I have. So let's sell it. Every Holy grail console. That's the, the realization of, I can still love the games, play them on original hardware through Everdrives or various other, well, through Everdrives in that case, or sometimes hacking and modding and not having to have a bunch of what is essentially very expensive wallpaper is starting to make more and more sense, especially as some of these consoles are coming over the bubble. 
<clears throat> so why sit on them while until uh, nobody wants them? I don't want to find myself being an Atari VCS collector in 20 years, essentially, which is if I was sitting on a full Atari VCS set, I mean, what would you guys say to me? Like, that's cool. Good job, man. Good for you. But like, nobody else cares. Yeah. I mean, it, but it, it's still like the goal of what you did, right? Like you still did it. So it was important to you. Yeah. And it is. The games are important. Yeah. Is is the physical thing important? Yeah. And then I there's mean, also there's... the other blade of the mission, like the experiences I had with those games seemed much more genuine when they were mine. And I feel like that shifted over many, many years of collecting, especially once I got to YouTube. I don't know. It, yeah it changes like some of that <clears throat> you know there is obviously i mean you collect primarily for the nes i mean that's probably your biggest passion but i mean there is a decline in interest i think for the nes because they're kind of moving on to the i guess the next generation of collectors are going to be in the playstation era you know, we saw that with the Nintendo 64 and probably currently with the Nintendo 64 that people are kind of going crazy for that stuff. Uh, we saw that with Super Nintendo and, you know, so on and so forth. But I think um, I still feel that because the NES was kind of this big pioneer for video games, I, I still feel that the interest is going to still be there. 10 years from now, 15 years from now, because I think nostalgia keeps on rolling around. You know, it, it keeps on coming back. It keeps on coming back. People that might not have interest now will be like, Oh, I remember when I got that in 1985, I would love to find that. And then it's going to just spark an interest. I think there is like a tipping point though. Like not that it's a collectible, tangible thing. Well, it kind of is, but like, Look at Graceland. Look at Elvis Presley. Like, it, it will get there. NES will get there. Like, I don't know. It, it's going to take a nosedive. And then the other thing is, is like, you know, I always did a lot of it as like preservationists. Like, oh, I need to, this is, nobody cares. Like, people have done this better than me. There are organizations that are doing this better than me. Like, what am I accomplishing by hoarding sure. all of these carts that will eventually not work someday? Many but again, of what are you doing soon. it for? Are you doing it for you or for everyone else? Even if I was doing it for me, that was a main motivator. So why keep all of it? Yeah, I'm not, pre I'm not preserving anything. I can, I can enjoy their preservation and not have a bunch of shit in my house. I mean, I'll still have shit in my house because I poop. <laughs> so do my cat. I'll be over with some boxes and I'll help <laughs> you take care of that. Just wipe out the nostalgia. I mean, for me, it was when the journey changed, like the 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 hunt changed. I guess. Yes. That's where uh, drastically interest has changed in collecting for me, at least. Um, not being able to go out and find those good deals and find those treasures just out in the middle of nowhere, anywhere. Right. It, it really, uh, 
puts a damper on the whole thing, I think. <laughs> Once you're buying it on eBay and it's just you're paying retail price, it, there's just something like cold about it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We need to get you in front of a garage sale with boxes and boxes of stuff for 50 cents. That will ignite the passion again. Yep. I don't know. Just make me sad. Depressed. Dude, I've talked you off the ledge too. I made you not sell all your Super Nintendo games that you know now no longer have. So I helped you and hurt you at the same time. I want those back. I mean, my love. If you're listening to this and you have my Super Nintendo, Nintendo stuff, yeah. I will come find you and break your legs. I mean, my love of video games and enjoyment playing them has almost nothing to do with the tangible sense of like owning. 400 games for a system and I'd never played those 400 games or heard of most of them in my entire life. I go in waves for sure, but I still get very excited to even have games that I'm not going to play. I just love, I love everything about them. I love having them like the tangible. I'm completely opposite of you, I guess, but I like, I like to see them. I like to remember finding them or buying them or you know a lot of games i have i bought with you guys on different trips or, or whatever i just i like that stuff yeah. tells a story but i still get to keep all of that minus the holding it in my hand like once every five months when i dust off the shelf if i sell it then you're just going to continue to lose interest get less excited then you're going to get penny loafers you're going to go golfing i could golf and you're never going to play video games again. You're going to like take a bowling. Yeah. You know, I already did. The professional bowlers association is coming up. I don't know. I'm just, at the, I, I'm just at the point where what once seemed exciting and thrilling and engaging is now just like, I just have a lot of stuff that I love and is awesome. And I got all I'll these cool stories stuff. about where I got them and I got to play all these games. <clears throat> but they don't perpetually like radiate like happiness. I mean, it's, I don't know. Gosh, I'm trying to be a logical adult about the situation. I, w I mean, my collecting exploded wildly over the years when it was like much more pointed, it was different, but, yeah, I mean, it, there's definitely times that you need to pare down a collection for sure. But I yes. think if you're in the same mood that you're in right now and you start paring down the stuff you don't really care about, you're going to be, let's just get rid of it all then. Right. Well, and that's what I think I could do. I think I could unload PS2 because I never meant to get back into collecting for PS2 because as much as I loved it and I had a bunch of nostalgia for it, the games that I would want to play on it, even in 10 years, I could buy those back for like 50 bucks, all of them. Cause they're yeah. not going to gain that. I, I, I wasn't the guy playing the rare games. Like the PS2 is never going, it's the most produced console ever. You know, I, I mean, it's not going to be hard to get that stuff, you know, on the Xbox, you know, I've got some things in there that like, sure. I love them, but if I don't play them, what's the point? Um, Halo, I can play a million different ways now. 
So I could get rid of that. I kept a lot of 360 stuff thinking I would go back to it. I'm not going to. And if I did, I could do that again cheaply 10 years down the road. Yeah. And the Saturn, I've liked the stuff I've picked up, but like that is so cost prohibitive that getting beyond like shovelware shit games or like the odd import that you find fun is never going to be a long-term thing. My Wonder Swan, like that's super cool. I'm not going to play that. What about the Jaguar? I can't, can't, I can't lose my baby. Can't. I, I, I prize that collection. <laughs> How do you get rid of over everything my else and you keep that turd? What? How dare you, sir? <laughs> How dare Jaguar's you? Jaguar's garbage. Do the math. It's garbage. <laughs> it is great. It's, it's garbage. Oh. Don't listen the, to me. When I played that for the first time at your house, I wanted to throw up. It was so bad. That's why it's good. It's the El Viento of consoles. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm just saying I'm looking at my collection in a different light. My love of all of it has nothing to do with being able to throw it all in a pile and roll around on it naked. I'm doing that. Which I only do twice a year anyway, so yeah, it's fine. I don't have to pick, uh, you know, butt nuggets out of my cartridges when I play them next, so. I'm not coming over to play any games because I mean it's got to be different for you too Andy right like once you turned it into like a business like your primary business for those couple years like that had to change like your tangible attachment to a lot of what comes and goes through your doors oh for sure but at the at that time it was like well I'll get it again right like it's right it's gonna keep coming through or whatever and I'll grab it next time but it hasn't now so so I do when you when you do find something special and it's at a great price and you found it, you know, on the hunt, that that's still a lot of fun for me, I think. When I hear you say on the hunt, I just hear that guitar riff like starting to turn up in the back of my head. <laughs> We're not <laughs> bringing bring that back though. Gotta bring it back. Come on. No. It would just be me like, no, didn't find anything here. But do you find yourself like lacking in any way because like you at one time had a game that now goes for seven hundred dollars, like knowing that you got that experience like does, i mean is it is there a, is there a regret or are you fine with it like mm. having just gotten to experience it i you yeah i think like having that experience is is probably the was the the dopamine i guess right more than anything but i never got you know i was constantly selling through too so it wasn't it wasn't getting to a point where I was really collecting something, you know? I mean, I guess I have pretty much a, almost a complete set of Wii U, but that that's not, I kind of fell into that. You know? I thought you do. Uh, are you one short? Uh, I don't know. I think I need the last Just Dance, but. Hmm. I just saw that somewhere. Yeah. I'm waiting for it to get like 20 bucks. But yeah, that Talk about a console where, whose game prices took a nosedive. Mm-hmm. Like inflated to like insane levels for about eighteen months, and then just once the port again started to switch, they just completely you know like all of it, even the stuff that didn't get ported, nosedive. It's yep. crazy. Yep. Still a great console. Totally underrated. Oh, I love the Wii U. But <clears throat> and I, that, I, I, I'd be 
it's not something like super special to me like you right. guys have the nes you know it's it's not the same thing but i think that's a console where if i pared down i'd have to keep like the 10 experiences that really can only work with the wii u because there are a handful of them mm-hmm. and i think that's probably where i would get as i start selling these out like Let's be honest, I'm not going to get rid of Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3. I'm probably not going to get rid of the Turtles trilogy. Well, I'll, I take that back. I'll get rid of Turtles 1. Uh, <laughs> but I'll keep the other two, you know, like stuff like that. I would keep the stuff that actually meant something to me from my childhood. But if I was to stop beyond that, I, I don't think I'd miss a lot of it. Because I have other ways to play it. I can still experience it in the comfort of my game room. And yeah. it, and that's kind of, oh God, that's where it got to me too. It's like when I started hacking the classic and you start getting the ever drives like for these consoles i have the physical games but i'm not pulling them out to play them right i'm playing the game i already own in a different way that's way more convenient so then you know technically i'm not legally doing it if i don't own the physical cart but i don't know maybe i'm maturing in my old age is all i'm saying <laughs> or maybe i'm becoming more cynical or maybe hanging around with you two and doing this podcast is wearing me down i i think part of it is the stress of like you hear prices are going down right but that definitely is it's like if you're going to get out you have to get out now like that's well and i have the benefit of of like right i have the benefit of for the most part there are exceptions but for the most part i bought these like four pennies on the dollar so like i could probably wait 10 years and still come up well i know for sure i'd still come up cash ahead for what i've put into my nes collection and a lot of this other stuff. So that doesn't bother me as much, but it's like, yeah, you know, the market will go along with that. Like once the prices go down and like, cause already people aren't like gravitating towards NES. It's like, if you want to find a buyer and just get rid of this stuff. And the other part is too, is like, and I've done this more recently in the last year where I've traded off stuff that I thought was amazing. But like, if I'm not using it and someone can appreciate it more, that's really where that stuff belongs. Mm-hmm. It's it's not my game room. <laughs> oh gosh, Nate. I appreciate everything that you have except for your Jaguar. Well, and that's why I will never sell you anything I have because you insulted my baby. I forgot <laughs> to tell you I love the Jaguar. Love everything okay, about it. Now we're talking. <laughs> Bust open that checkbook. Back up in the driveway. Let's get this going. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. We'll see where this goes. I mean, any these guys know, and I don't talk about it on the podcast, but I've been like here off and on over the last two years but this feels more like the right time (laughs) i would like a very curated collection of really sick games that i love instead of walls of things that i think are very cool and somebody else would probably actually play yeah i don't think there's anything wrong with that i don't think so either there's everything wrong with that (laughs) I, I'm bitter. I have walls behind me of stuff nobody wants and nobody wants to play. So. <laughs> you get some Japanese Saturn. Eh, I want yeah. some of that. As I unload do, mine. Do you? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But I don't know. That's just Ryan's depressing corner there. <laughs> the bit we're going to call that. So That could change next week, though, too. It could. And like I said, my love of gaming and like the nostalgia and all the fun I've had doing it still never goes away, but maybe, maybe I get some square footage back in my basement. That's all. 
that the real problem then is like, what if I read really the go hard back into YouTube? Cause no one's going to watch some guy standing in front of empty shelves. Like that's gaming channel one one. You, if you don't have like a sick stack of fucking bullshit behind you, nobody's going to listen to you. That's so, true. Yeah. I'd be fucked. Green screen. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's take, all I do. Take a picture of it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to bring mm. you down, guys. Sorry to bring you down. I'm pissed now. Thanks. <laughs> I like that Andy can be like, yeah, I can see your logic. And um, Nate's just like, you stupid <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> now you're a traitor. And kicked off the show. Hey, it would at least end our like frenemies like thing when we go out hunting. We're like, we have no frenemies. We're dude, not frenemies. I am genuinely not happy for you when you find a game that I also need that you found first. It really I does love that part. It does <laughs> cut to the part. it cuts to the core of me. I'm not lying. I'm not gonna lie. It anymore. bugs you more than it bugs me, and it bugs me that it doesn't bug you, and it makes it so much worse. <laughs> uh. That's the highlight of going game hunting with you. I just, that last time we were at Pond America and you like found the NES games and I basically just like fucking steamrolled you and started flipping through everything right in front of you. <laughs> like, well, hey, Harry, what are you, what are you doing? Literally like pushed me, yeah. physically pushed me out of the way. Luckily for our friendship, there was like Jack and shit there. So yeah, no, I, I enjoy it. And I, I mean, it's not like I'm not going to still go game hunt, but even like, what are you gonna buy what are you gonna buy but i don't have to buy it right it's cool just to find it and if i find something good at a good price i can still pick it up and give it to other people that i know who will want it and sell it to them at a reasonable price it's not like i'm price gouging it's like catch and release right yes yes i am the PETA video games (laughs) collecting yeah so we'll see this could just be a conversation that goes absolutely nowhere. So just figured I would horrify our audience and uh, bring that up. I, and, and I, me. I don't think you're alone. I see a lot of people selling collections as a whole right now. Yeah. I mean, we saw that at MGC. Mm-hmm. The guy fire sailing for whatever reason. The bad news is here is like, what would happen for me is I'm going to box everything up catalog it and then give it to andy and be like hey buddy want to sell all these <laughs> sell for it me, to buddy? Nate. <laughs> <laughs> i'll be yeah and then i'll sell it to nate damn it I'll, <laughs> full circle <laughs> take a 20 percent cut too <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, i mean i just I, that's the thing is like i don't have the stomach to like throw the stuff on facebook and ebay and like all that myself so like yeah i'd have to yeah i'd have to do something you're making me nervous why i don't know i'm sweating right now i'll still play games stop what does me having less games may have to make you nervous about i'm never gonna come over to your house then <laughs> there's that's the only reason i come <laughs> over is in hopes to steal things what well, that hurts uh. the lack of respect that's what hurts the most <laughs> Uh, yeah regardless even if this purge never happens i have things that i am going to start selling off because if things have been sitting in the corner of my like put away pile for four months and i haven't turned them on or used them like my sega nomad like i love that sega nomad that's cool as hell i've looked for a sega nomad for years 
it's sitting in a Ziploc bag and a pile of other shit. Like that, it, that's not what that nomad deserves. That nomad deserves yeah. to be cherished and played I with. Think th- I think that is the nomad thing though. Like I'm biggest Sega fan as you can get. And that I had the same experience. Like I finally have a Genesis on the go and it's like, nah, didn't use it. Yeah. Like I'm good. <laughs> yep. Especially now when you get that like amazing at games one, you know, for way cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this time the Redskins put a spy on Dak Prescott. He starts to come and then he pulls out and he's uh, his eyes are just locked. All right, moving on to the fail bake where we answer 20-year-old questions from old gaming magazines as if they were addressed to us. Uh, I'm in Nintendo Power, October 95. Karen from Oakland says oh woe was me it looks like i will have to keep my virtual boy in my room all the time in order to keep it out of the hands of my cr- game crazy little brother that's because i read that virtual boy should only be played by people seven years old or older still i want to know how come you don't want young children playing virtual boy because their eyes will bleed <laughs> and nintendo dislikes it, science lawsuits. <laughs> yeah you're not taking your younger brother up to like the grocery checkout grabbing his face and slamming it down on that scanner are you hell no don't let him play the virtual boy <laughs> same technology little known fact <laughs> if you if you run a upc through a virtual boy lens it will beep and ring up the tunnel. that's like a nice little hack Dual purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They, it was mostly because of that, right? Yeah. Developing I mean, eyes. Yeah. Eye strain, young kids. What are you going to do? Same, same warnings with the 3DS when that came out. So, hmm. Or maybe they, uh, they knew how bad the virtual boy was and they didn't want to taint the younger minds of their next generation of customers. They didn't want to keep on making them. Yeah. So they didn't want to more people to gain interest. Also, Karen, you have to ask yourself the question, do you really want a blind younger brother that you're going to have to care for? (laughs) I mean, sure. You might get one of those sweet, like companion dogs to have in your house and like a new friend there, but just gonna be a whole lot more work for you just keep it in your room yeah you know how awesome that would be though to get a present like that like a video game console or a virtual okay Uh, no if you got that for christmas or something and then you said you can't play it it says so on the box you know only you can play it that's pretty awesome actually that's right and not like the neighbor kid who was a few years older than me and told me that I couldn't play as Nintendo because the games were in the closet. And he also trapped like a, an invisible phantom in the closet that wanders freely around the room. And if it touched me, I would die instantly. So you don't have to Ooh. make up dumb stories like that to terrify little kids. You can man, just you point to the past life, the box. You know, it wasn't that dark. I just realized that I was a very stupid and gullible little kid. And he was a very intelligent. Do you still get teenager. a little hesitant around around closets? You get a little uh, nervous still? No, no, I've come out of those many years ago. So you, you've good. come out of the closet. <laughs> yep. 
My phantom is released from the closet. <laughs> and so are those NES games. <laughs> it's better to be safe than sorry, though, in a lot of those situations. Right. I mean, we're talking phantoms about phantoms It's going blind. I mean, this is deep stuff, people. Yep. All right, we got Greg from New York. He says, I followed the warning on the scratch and sniff earthbound packet enclosed in Nintendo Power 74. Yuck. Those scratch and sniff things reeked. If you're going to put a scratch and sniff packet in another issue of Nintendo Power, make it smell like marshmallows or grapes. It's a very exact request. Yeah, I don't know if I can tell you the, the smell of grapes or marshmallows. Like if if I didn't know this it. guy's a murderer. Yeah. So he he can. What? Said he's a murderer. That's I know, but crazy. I, how did how did you get to that conclusion? Just because only a murderer would say, I know the smell of grapes. <laughs> <laughs> it's very clear. Obviously you don't watch enough TV. <laughs> of course, TV to, yes. To no, help you. You're right. I think he's more of a grapist at that point. <laughs> oh, we said grape ape. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't remember what those sniff. were. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Nothing does that anymore. No. Now we just have like fart flavored jelly beans and stuff. That's not nearly as fun. <laughs> Once smelly objects enter your mouth, like it just changes the whole experience. Like mm-hmm. scratch and sniff, you can walk away. Yeah. I don't have a great nose in the first place, but some of those definitely did smell. Yeah. Do you suppose it's like a like why do you suppose that went away? Like is it like a hygienic thing? Like you don't want a bunch of people's noses in books and shit <laughs> yeah, or what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. I should bring it back. I feel like you don't even get those like cologne and oh yeah perfume samples and stuff like you used to. Jesus, my those magazines my mom used to get. You get the mailbox and it smelled so bad in there because every other page was right a perfume thing. Yeah, yeah. I remember they used to mail you out like little bottles of like detergent and like dish soap oh, yeah. and like what what happened? We're, let's make <laughs> mail great again. That's what yeah. I'm getting at. There we go. Instead of like AOL discs, we'll just send out your PS2 games to people randomly. This is a great idea. I have no idea what this means, but James from uh, Texas says, a few days ago, I read the letter section of the June issue of Nintendo Power and saw Rick, Rick's innocent letter about how eight-year-old kids shouldn't send in letters with pictures of Game Boy bread. I like that loaf of bread. And I'm sure many people felt the same way. Nintendo is for all ages, and so is this magazine. So I want to tell people with pictures of things to send Nintendo Power and send them in. I also don't care if someone is tired of hearing about pets who love Nintendo just as much as we do. I like reading letters like that, too. I am confused (laughs) on so many levels with your letter. Yeah, what's bread? Why is it inappropriate for kids? Yeah, they back in the day, there was just, you know, before Twitter and all this could really get on the case of things. 
I guess you had to spend months talking about Game Boy bread. What pets love Nintendo? Mm. And what is bread? Well, it's this thing, you see. You slice it. Put peanut butter and jelly on it. But yeah, I'm confused by Game Boy bread and what made it inappropriate. (laughs) I feel like you have to look up the issue. Seems like a lot of work. We're going to have to follow that up. Yeah. Well, if you know, you can just send us an email. They should just send us an email. I I think we should have like a bake off the best Game Boy bread you can make. Retro bake off? Yep. Theme it after a game, so you've got to make like Tetris bread or Oh, there you go. I'm going for cool I would just spot. make the long cool. one. I'm doing cool spot bread. Secret ingredient seven up. <laughs> Ooh. I whispered it because it's secret. <laughs> Uh, and uh, like can i just please state that like i for one along with all the rest of the readers for the fine nintendo power magazine nobody cares about pets loving nintendo also so please don't write those in thank you your pets do not have the mental capacity to know if they like nintendo or not yes when your pet wipes its own ass it can then love nintendo they do on your carpet. Oh. I don't know if that's a qualifier for me. <laughs> what if they wipe it with Nintendo power? Better. Sega Vision. I'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like most of these, like, I think we've talked about this before, but it's like all about like, see, I'm not alone. I like, there's other things that like video games too. And people are just so desperate that they're like, yeah, my pets love it too. Is it not okay that other human beings like video games? Is that not enough of an inclusive group? My uh, other people in my species enjoy these as well. Yep. I think these are one of my favorite things to read are like these uh uh prizes that they give away in Nintendo Power. It's just like all random stuff that like they throw together, like they can get Nintendo powered lanyard, <laughs> yeah. lip balm, or like the the miracle piano and Will Smith. Thing. Yeah, that was pretty that was sweet. Cool. Yeah, uh, Eric from uh, California. He he uh, in he won the volume sixty five grand prize winner. He got to hobnob with NFL's finest at the Troy Aikman Foundation Celebrity Golf Tournament in Dallas. Eric served as Troy's honorary caddy, which, when you think about it, is a lot more fun than being his honorary left tackle. That That's not a prize. That's a job. No. Yeah. Hey, young kid, you're going to walk miles and miles carrying my heavy clubs. <laughs> nothing kid. to do with the video game. <laughs> right. Do you, I, do you love football? Too bad. <laughs> go, go play golf. He doesn't get to play. He just lugs around the yeah. dude's bag. He's got some six-year-old just dragging the whole bag behind him because he can't even. They're taller than him. And you know Troy Aikman's just like belittling him. Like, no, I said the, like, two wood, you stupid son of a bitch. Is that that an actual club I've been making up? I don't know anything about golf. Yeah. Okay. Nailed it. Two wood. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, that seems like a, it's such a bizarre thing. I I won a grand prize. They're flying me out. So I can caddy 
a golf bag <laughs> for this NFL player because I'm a winner? I don't get it. Yeah. It's I, I feel like half of these things are just like they call somebody up in a PR department and they're like, well, he's really booked, but we could fit him in here. Ah, it's so strange. We have this laying around. We could give it to him. Like, I wonder if like Sega at the same time was like <clears throat> giving away grand prizes to like go to Shaquille O'Neal's house and like plunge his toilet or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What Could do you, you think Shaq's toilet looks like? like it's gotta it's, be huge. Yeah, he can't be just because I don't want to imagine Shaq in a normal size toilet. He's got to be. It takes like two hundred eco friendly toilets to offset the amount of water that a normal flush from Shaq's toilet has to use. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the pipe's got to be pretty big. I would imagine. Uh, Eric, he did end up going to Six Flags over Texas and a Texas Rangers game. Oh, okay. Base, a baseball, which has nothing to do with football again. <laughs> At least he got to enjoy it, not yeah, clean up after it or participate in menial tasks. Poor Troy Aikman, though, too. Like he's got to deal with this kid all day long. Has nothing in common with him because he he's just a video gamer. They don't cut our hobby down. Video yeah. gamers are people too. Close. Yeah, that's true. It counts. We got Sarah from Minnesota. She says, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sick of video games always showing girls in dresses with big pink bows in their hair. I mean, come on, in real life, we are far from being the delicate, prissy, make male dependent bimbos that the big companies seem to think we are. We don't need a male to save us every five minutes, and we don't scream at every spider that passes us by, and most of us prefer not to waltz around in the little string bikinis. And as far as video games go, the girls in my sixth grade class can take any challenge the boys can dish out. Our game of choice isn't Barbie either. It's Earthworm Jim, DKC, Killer Instinct, and Star Fox. Wow. Well, those are some hardcore titles. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that your choice wasn't Barbie because that is Nate's. That's my jam. <laughs> Barbie and the NES is where he thrives. I've played that whole game multiple times. I know. Love it. It still impresses me. Hey, Barbie's my girl. I feel like the the archetype of females in video games got better over time, but I think there was also a graphical. Mm. It, yeah, it's still bad. I know it's still bad, but like I think in that era, like eight and sixteen bit, I think a lot of it was like, this is what you have to work with. So putting a pink skirt and a big bow on something was like the easiest way to not have it look like. I mean, it was clearly like a girl, right? Like that's yeah, that's what they did with the limitations. Yeah, but yeah, to your well, a point. number of years are gonna go by, and then you're gonna get a PS4, and then you're gonna play as Alloy, and she's gonna be awesome, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be inspired. Yes, there you go. In 2018, you will have about three examples of females being portrayed, <clears throat> not horribly in video games. That is actually one of the strongest 
like female archetypes in a recent game. I'll give you that. That's a good call. Those are still far and few in between. For every one of those, there's a dead or alive. Would you call Laura Croft? Mm, I think Laura I would, Croft started out as yes, that, and then it turned into something else. <laughs> right. I would say the reboot. Yes, I would say she very much was something to look at in, especially like when sure. you look at like the back of the jewel case for like Tomb Raider Two. It's just like a non-in-game rendered sprite of her in like the skimpiest bikini. <laughs> it doesn't appear in the game. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It was gross. I mean, I loved it. I was 15, but it's not. So you got to wait for Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. I mean, I'm sure there's other examples, but again, it's still lopsided. But I there don't think. There wasn't a lot, No. I don't think video games are like the only medium where that is the case. It's still clinging to it though. Cause unfortunately it's still a boys club. It seems to be a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, she's, she said she's not playing Barbie, but she's also playing killer instinct. And you know, you look yeah. at some of the models in that game as well. Not good. <laughs> like, right. That's a good point. <laughs> not really helping the cause. But I guess they're more badass than Barbie. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> Barbie can do anything. Barbie up against Aloy. Go, Nate. Who wins? Oh. Aloy. Yeah. I really thought it was going to go Because I way. love that game, and I love her. Yeah, what would Barbie do in that situation? WWBD. I'll get some braces made up. Mm-hmm. Dan from the internet he says, Whoa, wait just one second. Doom 64 running circles around the PC? Is this correct? Even though Doom and Doom 2 were released a long time ago, they are still better than the N64 version. Why, you ask? Two words, multiplayer support. Sure, it's fun to hack up baddies with a chainsaw, but it's more fun to hack up your friends. Also, <laughs> also, there are millions of patches for the PC, and you can make your own levels. How cool is that? The only thing Doom 64 has over the PC is load time. Facts. I don't even have a comment. Well said. <laughs> I, I love how there are people that are just all about Doom 64, and I don't know. Yeah, given like it. the recent resurgence, like, wow, it's coming back. Now it's the freebie, right? Because they had to delay the game. So if you pre-order oh, really? Doom, yeah, Doomy, Doom Eternal, because they delayed it, now everyone who pre-orders it gets it free. They'll still sell it too, but. Really? Wow. Yep. Huh. I mean, Doom 64 is fine for what it is, but yeah, all the shortcomings that you pointed out are just. That was indicative of consoles at the time before they connected mm -hmm. to the internet. So, yep. Yep. I think that's all that this magazine has to offer us. I would like to just one like add before we leave that one is uh, N64 sucks. Thank you. <laughs> there is your gentle reminder for this episode. <laughs> it hasn't been <laughs> made clear before. I have to be the staunch 
N64 hater. I've leaned into that role. And I must own it now. Oh man, you're not gonna you're not gonna be play golf with Troy Aikman if you start di- dissing Nintendo like that. <clears throat> Damn it! Better change my ways. Can you imagine if it was like an old dude, like a guy that was just as old as Troy Aikman? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I thought I was gonna have some fucking kid. This guy's forty six, still lives with his mom. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yo, man, you're on my fantasy team. <laughs> The guy from Nintendo calls to, could I speak to Billy? Let him, let him know he won. Yeah, this is him. <laughs> oh, wrong number. That's great. Well, that's good. Cause I currently work as a caddy. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not cleaning windshields off of the freeway exit. <laughs> oh, all right. Mm-hmm. It's time to end the podcast, so yep. that's up to you, Nate. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to pull out your checkbooks and start <laughs> making offers on Ryan's game collection. So if that's something you're into, you should send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Send it to weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com. And if you don't want to make an offer on his his game collection, you can just send us an email anyways. On uh, things that uh, that are nostalgic to you, or or something that we talked about on the podcast that you want to talk a little bit more about, send those emails. We'd also love to interact with you on our social medias: uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, as well. And you can find all things we can rental at weekendpodcast.com and geekade.com. And as always, be kind. Rewind. Penis. Game Boy Bread. Wailing them pins. <laughs> hey <laughs> There was no there was no time my taint was on your forehead at MGC. <laughs> we don't know. We can't prove that. Neither one of us were conscious, so <laughs>